Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So hello again, Wanderellas, Wanderfellas, I've missed you. Welcome back to Wonderful, or welcome for the first time if this is your first time, but um, uh, it's been a while, but we haven't been idle. Andrew and I have been meeting and recording some lovely people to bring to you in this season. And in a minute, I will tell you a bit more about them. But first, I just want to ask, how was your weekend? Did you have a weekend? Did you work the weekend? Did you wander the weekend? Um, I myself went down to a smallish town in the south of England called South End and attended a memorial service for my uh, aunt and uncle, Auntie Audrey and Uncle Jeff if you want the detail, uh, who passed away not at the same time but in short short order between each other um, in the last couple of years. And it was really not a funeral, it was a it was a it was a, a memorial, a stone setting in the Jewish faith. And after it, and it was it was very life enhancing and after it we sat around with photograph albums. And there's a picture of my dad and it reminded me Yes, Andrew, I am coming to the point. I can see him thinking, I know this is called Wonderful, but where is this going? Patience, patience. So I saw a picture of my dad, Bernie Pearl, who's also departed, shuffled off this mortal coil and is, is no longer on earth, has transitioned, as they say. Um, and he was walking and it pinged a memory for me that, that my dad, who was a dentist, amongst other things, a dentist, used to take the underground yeah. railway, yes, <laughs> Morning! Um, underground railway to his surgery. And he would always get off two stops before the required stop so that he could walk. He loved to walk and he inserted a walk into the daily routine as that dog has, or rather the dog owner has. Or maybe it's the dog that's decided that the owner needs a walk. And some of us definitely use our animals as excuse to walk. My dad didn't, he didn't have an animal, but he just sensed the power of the walk, the head clearing, you know, body enlivening, spirit awakening power of the walk. And that, I mention that because, and we're getting to the link now, Andrew, our guest for today, Libby Delena, has done that in spades, in turbo. She's done a turbo work. Basically, as you'll hear, Libby, was somebody who I think 11 years ago woke up and thought, you know what, I need a walk. I, I, I miss the outdoors and interrupted her busy New York metropolitan life with a walk. I say New York, I think it's, it's more Boston actually, but sort of East Coast America. And she didn't stop. I mean, she did, it's not that she didn't have to stop walking, but every day for 11 years, and I think it's 11 years, uh, she does around one to two hour walk. And she has written a book about it called Do Walk. And she's fascinating about it. 
about what it is about that morning walk that has become so critical to her, so vital. So vital to her vitality. And she'll tell us all about it. I mean, I get the idea of discipline and of doing something every day. I get the idea, but I don't do it. <laughs> look, at, look at Andrew, nor does he. I mean, he's a pretty disciplined dude. He can stand on his head and do pranayama breathing. He's a, I should, I should explain our producer is also a senior yoga teacher. Pretty disciplined guy, but every morning for 11 years, a walk, you can see Libby, Libby's walks. Uh, we'll put her Instagram link in the, in the show notes but you can watch her walking every morning and she shares beautiful pictures of where she is. We will learn in this episode why she does it, where she finds the, 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 the discipline, the grit, if you like, the joy to do it every day, and, and, and what she does on it. Uh, her curiosity levels are off the scale. It's really interesting what she learns, even from walking the same loop again and again and again. I'm going to apologize in advance. I think I do it in the episode anyway, but I keep saying the same thing. Whenever uh, she says what she says, I end up by saying, "Is I say, beautiful, I love it. And I, it, it, my, I will not apologize for the feeling because I do think what she's saying is beautiful and I do love it, but I think I could probably do better with variations on that. Um, but here we are, we'll plunge straight in to the conversation with Libby. In fact, it's not just with Libby, it's with two Libbies in a sense, because we're gonna meet her and her 13-year-old self, the wonderful Libby Delanus. Tell us about walking, because I know mm -hmm. I, we trailed a little bit that you are the empress of pedestrianism, not pedestrianism, but must be a better way. But basically you have wandering. You've wandered. <laughs> you've wandered the world in a way that very few people else can claim to. Do you mind telling us the, you know, the, 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 the story? Well, no, I'm, um, I have exquisite wanderlust actually. So my, <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, inquiry into the world is almost insatiable, which is, I think at times wonderful and sometimes really annoying to those around me, but <laughs> yeah. So the, the sort of quick version is, um, I'm coming up on my 11th anniversary of, uh, something I call this morning walk. And it was, uh, 11 years ago in the midst of, um, working, parenting, friending, you know, the busy, beautiful, I don't take any of it for granted, um, a, a, a terrific time in my life, um, and uh, started an ad agency with some dear friends, things were bustling along, kids healthy, you know, so um, again, a very privileged place where I sat, but I woke up one morning and I think I did say to myself, <laughs> you know, what did, what would 13 year old Libby, you know, what's missing from my life that would actually, you know, in some ways nourish me? Um, because yeah. I think what I became, became really aware of was that, um, while life was grand, I was spending a lot of time in the car, running errands, doing carpools, sitting on conference calls and meetings. And again, I am very fortunate that all of that, um, actually that I'm able to do all of that. Um, but I think what I really realized was there was a little part of me, that 13-year-old, who um, 
missed something. There was something that just was out of alignment. And what was that? It was being in the outdoors, quite honestly. It's where I'm happiest. It's where, I don't know, I can take a deep breath. It is the the space between um, where there's silence and the natural world and the inherent lessons of going for a walk on a rainy morning. And I spent a lot of my youth outdoors, uh, climbing mountains, sleeping in tents, And so I really just decided one morning, it was a very casual, not at all thoughtful in some ways decision (laughs) to say, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up an hour earlier than I usually do uh, before the world wakes up and simply go for a walk. And so I've done it every single day for the last 11 years. I think I've, at this point, you know, I've circumnavigated the earth in terms of mileage is about, I think I'm close to 27,000 miles and the earth's circumference is 25,000 miles. Now, two notes. Um, when I say this, I always pause because my practice is not about mileage. It's not about number of steps. And while there's nothing wrong with measuring, um, and I did that for the first few years, what I've come to realize is um, that's not what it's about. It's not about, did you get your 10,000 steps in? And again, no judgment around that. That can be very motivating. For me, I got wrapped up in the data early on such that Mm -hmm. I wasn't hearing the sort of um, Mm -hmm. inherent and natural and quiet lessons. I was very attuned to the data. Um, So when I say I've walked, you know, close to 27,000 miles, um, that's, you know, kind of a rough estimate at this point. But um, yeah, I've been doing it every, as I say, every damn day. Um, I feel incredibly privi- privileged to be able-bodied to do it. Um, there isn't, there really isn't a walk where I don't think, "Wow, I'm, I'm, this is incredibly fortunate. I live in a beautiful place. Mm. I can really see the seasons changing." The other day, there was this huge flock of geese overhead just squawking their way. I, it's just really nice to pause and watch them go south. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, the the result of this many miles and this many days is, I think, um, a, a change in my language of how I talk about this walk. And I use the word practice. I happen to think yeah. uh, walking is an equivalent practice to a seated meditation or even a yoga practice. For me, it's really become a place of... Um, quiet, of sanctuary, of nourishment, of healing, of inspiration. I find it's my most creative time of the day. So um, I'm uh, in many ways on a mission to simply share with everybody that going for a walk, whether it be what I do every day, which is probably in the neighborhood of five to 10 miles, something like that. And again, I know that I'm grateful that I have the time, but even even a three minute walk um, can have a profound effect. So um, yeah, I think it's one of life's incredible gifts <laughs> to us. I love it. I love it. I I had some couple of questions about it. Is this something about the repeated nature and the commitment to do it every day? That what's in that? Why why would you do that? Why, I'm curious about. You said you had the decision in a kind of casual way. I'm very curious about what Libby said to herself on day two and day three and five and day thousand. Uh, Are there days where you just go, ugh, 
<laughs> yes. Well, when I first started, actually, I made a commitment to do it for 30 days. So okay. it wasn't I, it wasn't sort of a day to day. So at the at 28 okay. days, I was like, oh, wow, there's magic in this. And I'm not sure I know what that magic is, but I right. knew my spirit, my body felt terrific. I was nourished yeah. just yeah. by being outdoors for that time. Um, yeah. So I think, um, and there have been lessons, new lessons, honestly, every year. So um, why do I keep going? I, I um, am really, um, I, I'm, I, I just love the fidelity of the practice because what it feels like is fidelity to myself. It is a true, um, in fact, that's what I would say this practice is now for me. Again, it's not about um, steps or miles or yeah. that I've done it. It's that I have kept that commitment to myself. And what, I mean, in a way, what is more loving in this world that, mm. you know, we can love ourselves and, then I think we can love our community and our world. So to me, to to boil it down, it's kind of a radical act of love. And um, um you know, I'm I um yeah, for me it's the fidelity of the practice. And so there are some days I'm traveling, whatever it is, there are days when I've been sick, um, where literally it's around the block, which might take about six minutes, five minutes, um, but it is intentional right? Like we all walk every day. We walk, you know, we might take a 10,000 steps, but maybe we haven't taken the walk. So it is about an attentiveness and a mindfulness about consciously saying, I am taking this walk for me. Um, and um, I will say, you know, one of the things that I've learned in this time frame is those days that, um, I don't want to go. And I say to myself, Lib, chill out. You've done it for 10 years. Like, relax, sister. It is, in fact, on those days that I learn the most, um, that there's often a, a deeper, more um, earthy, grounded lesson. Because I've, I've said to myself, <laughs> I hear you, little voice, but I'm going. And I'm going because I love the fidelity of this practice. And I, mm. um, yeah, I care, I care about myself today <laughs> it's beautiful it is very beautiful i i'm trying to say to I, I, as you as you're talking I, i'm trying to school myself not to respond to everything you say with that's beautiful the problem is it is beautiful so forgive oh. me if it sounds you know automatic my response it's not meant to be i'm thinking about i love that idea of fidelity i'd never heard that in connection with the practice but the sense of being faithful to yourself which is something that i I think I struggle with. I think a lot of people who encounter the magic, as you call it, and I'd love to know more about that, think of it as a fleeting experience, uh, a, a, a state, if you like, uh, that, that's mm -hmm. occasional. And I'm interested in day 28 when you went, oh, hang on. Something in Libby said, there's magic here. And if I continue... There'll be more magic. There's something. Say more about if you could, or you're if you're willing to about what do you find? I mean, I think it's maybe difficult to describe, but a lot of people get. Oh yeah, I can see wandering along the sea and wandering in the hills and in you know New England. I could imagine that's 
you know, it's almost like nature tourism, but that's not what you're doing is what I get. There's something very different going on. What Can you share a bit of what, what you're learning and what the magic state is for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I hope I can put words to it. I yeah. think what I've come to realize for me, there's probably a number of different things. I'll start with, for me, I think um, I what I realized was, um, this may sound ridiculous, but I'll say it strongly, which is I had forgot, I had no idea how to listen to my gut or my, my um, intuition. I would almost even say that uh, I hadn't, at that time, on day 28, day 27, I actually had no idea what I felt. And I'm again, I'm saying that very strongly for um, to sort of help ground this, but I knew what I thought. I'd have these thought, these reactions to things. I'd ha- I'd have a perspective. I'd have a, th- I'd read something. I have a pers- a thought on it, but I never created the space for the quiet or the deep inquiry or create the conditions for true silence to actually tap into that kind of inherent inherent wisdom of. Right now, I'm pointing to my chest or my gut. I spent a lot of time, and I don't know if that's advertising or parenting or the culture, I spent a lot of time up in my head, sort of understanding through the lens of thinking and not, yeah, yeah. Fe- and not feeling. So when I say I had no idea what I felt, in a certain way that was true, I just, and walking was a way to um, bring those thoughts from my head, again, I'm pointing to my head, down into my chest, in ultimately down into my gut. So I <clears throat> might have a thought about something, or I got stuck in a narrative that I couldn't get out of, and it wasn't until I started to walk that I began to say, okay, you're t- here's this story you're telling yourself, and there's probably a lot of it that's true, but let's put it down into our hearts and put it down into our gut, my gut. And now, what do you feel? Now, what do you, what do you, what what's embodied in that? So you know, sometimes it was a creative thing. There'd be something at work I need to solve, and. Um, and I couldn't quite, you know, I sit at my desk and I try and solve and ultimately I'd put on my shoes and go for a walk. So again, this thoughts up in my head as I walk, it slowly comes down into my chest. It slowly comes down into my belly. Sometimes I literally would stop in the middle of my walks and just really like, what, what is it that I'm truly feeling about? So I'd get creative, um, you know, inspiration. Sometimes it was emotional healing. I'm telling myself this story. What is my heart telling me? What is my gut telling me? So I guess for me, it's a way to really begin to understand my sort of inherited ancient ancient knowing. The way I love to describe it, David, is do you know when your children were little or somebody hands you a little, a little person, <laughs> a little baby, and you hold um, you hold them in your arms, and I think there is this natural biological um, reaction, which is you start walking, you start rocking mm. back and forth as you hold this little. They might be mm. up on your chest, and you swing back and forth from one foot to the other. And what happens is you are in sync together. Your heartbeats are together. There's yeah. a calming, nurturing. Um, 
I mean, even as I'm saying this, I feel this right in my chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Me too. That sort of, or or if you're if you go in to hug somebody, how you often rock back and forth, and mm. you're connected. Mm. For me, that's what's happening with my walks. I am, I sometimes hold a thought or I hold an inquiry, and as I walk, I begin to sort of soften and understand what the question is. Sometimes the way I describe it is um, with an emotion. Imagine that you have this ball of string that's all tied up and it's knotted. And, you know, there's no problem with that. But as I walk, that knot, uh, that ball of string loosens and softens. And I can begin to see each individual thread. And things become softer and looser. So that's a lot of ways to describe what happens for me, but ultimately it is um, a calming, loving, primal gesture that somehow enables me to know more, feel more, um, and tr and in many ways trust my heart and my gut versus everything I'm telling myself up in my head. Amen, as they say, sister. I, mean, <laughs> I have often walked the same loop day after day, and that is intentional um, on, in some seasons. Because that route is familiar, um, there are some stretches where I can walk and close my eyes and just really focus on each step coming onto the earth and yeah. each breath. Yeah. So... Um, Again, I think for me, it's it's the it's similar to a seated practice. I'm I'm not a practitioner of a seated meditation practice, but from what I understand of friends who are, there's a similarity um, to the, you know, to the learnings and the teachings and the um, yeah coming into our bodies, recognizing our breath. Um, but I love the fact that there's something about submitting to the the routine to notice the small differences because it's all constantly changing, right? I also yeah. love that when you said, um, there I go again, loving what Libby says, thinking it's beautiful. Sorry, <laughs> Andrew, I'll have to just edit this out. I need to sound more grumpy. I'm British after all. I need to sound more grumpy. <laughs> um, and believe me, I was before I got on, the, on, this, on oh. this podcast with you. Um, but there's something interesting. When you close your eyes, I, I was thinking back to what you were saying about type. And about how someone like you, who's got such an evolved and refined sense of how things look, must be quite—it must be quite uh, quite an experience to be exploring the world feet first rather than eyes first. Is that is that true? Oh, I love that. I um, beautifully said. I think really what it is is flipping the vision from external to internal. Oh, so yeah. so. Um, I think it's this inquiry. Okay. So I see this beautiful tree. It's the fall. It is beautiful. Now I am going to close my eyes and turn that inquiry and that view internally. What mm. is equally as beautiful internally as that? Mm. Mm. Um, so I think, I think that's where I've landed on it. And unless I close my eyes because I'm so, call it infatuated in love addicted to things in the world that are i find beautiful it's not until i close my eyes that i actually find the beautiful thing that's internal <laughs> yeah yeah um, so i think i think that's 
I think that's what's happening. So yes, I'm seeing the world feet first, but I'm also just changing my gaze from external to internal. Yeah, beautiful. I'm always um, touched when I experience it, and I'll often mention it when I'm when I'm leading a street wisdom event. At the end, I'll often say, uh, and you may have heard me say it, you know, you weren't just walking through the street, you were walking through yourself. People yes. are like, what? But in a sense, I love to think that the thing you find beautiful out there is the reflection of the thing that is beautiful within. That's right. And There's an equivalent. Sort of walk- Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, there's an equivalent. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There's an equivalent. No, what you find beautiful out there resides in you. So maybe that um, element that is external is a reminder. Now mm. flip it around. See see if you can find it. Where, What's equally as motivating, mm. interesting, and beautiful? And, mm. um, you know, I, I have a dear friend, Alex L., with whom I I do a podcast and we talk about the love of walking and what she says about, you know, finding that internal beauty. Um, and you know, it, it is the ultimate self-care in many ways, which Mm. is to find that internal is that when we do that, not only are we caring for ourselves, we are, as we are caring for our community by doing that, because Mm. when we, we nurture and hold and support and identify those things inside of us that we find beautiful, everybody else begins to see that too. And so, you know, it's, it is, um, we are caring for others when we do that for ourselves, I, I, I think is the, is the bottom line. And for me, going on a walk enables me to see that, that internal beauty. Um, and then, you know, I think a lot of things become beautiful when we do that. And do you, Sounds silly, but you know, if you bump it, do you always do it by yourself, or do you some? Uh, and also, if you meet strangers, what do you do? Are you do you do you engage, or would you rather be silent? How do you play that? Well, it's a, a great question, and I have to say, it's all of those things, right? Over right. eleven years, I've spent much of my time walking, especially during the pandemic. It was such a beautiful way to stay <laughs> connected, and um, I had a beautiful little walk pod and uh, dear friends. We got very close over two years. Boy, we had some great conversations and um, actually very life-changing conversations I don't think we ever would have had if that situation hadn't occurred. So um, often walking with friends, mostly walking by myself, um, sometimes with my ear pods in, jamming out and dancing, quite honestly, other times in absolute silence. Um, so it's kind of the full portfolio and, and, um, I think what I've come to realize, I don't think I realized this initially is that as I step out of the house, I actually have to be conscious about, um, you know, I guess what my intention is for, for this walk today. Is it that I need distraction and joy and play? And I'm going to listen to this crazy ass podcast or music list and that's the energy I need or actually in fact today the medicine is quiet the medicine is silence yeah Um, and um so I I try my best I am beautifully flawed in that I sometimes I just honestly forget but um I try to be intentional as I step outside um and that's what makes this morning walk this morning walk, not just walking from my back door to the car, because of course, you know, we are walking in our in our lives, but it is that intention and that inquiry around, hmm, 
what could I use today? What could, what would be um, fascinating, you know, beautiful, helpful? I think it's constant curiosity and inquiry is what I hold as kind of a, you know, I started with saying I have this sort of insatiable, um, demanding wanderlust. And so what it, what help, what is it that helps me navigate that? I think it's this, um, inquiry and curiosity. I think for me, when I wake up in the morning, I am just so interested to see what I, I am curious truly about what's going to show up each day. And I'm, I'm excited by it. And then if I layer in this sort of notion that everything changes all the time, we learn this from nature, the tides come and go, the sun comes up and down, the seasons change, people change, scenarios change. And to, to embrace that, to lean into that sort of reality that it, in this world, everything is constantly shifting and changing. Um, and that maybe our, the thing that helps us engage that or hold that or feel comfortable or slightly in control in that is this sort of constant inquiry and curiosity. What is going to show up? Um, now, again, I think that's my personality type, which, um, again, kind of insatiable curiosity about what's going to show, who's going to show up? Um, what conversations are we going to have? And, um, so I think those are my sort of navigational tools, which is, um, see, how could I wrap that up? I mean, it's back to what we were talking about success, which is this notion of a happy outcome, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, how do we, I don't know, I'm sort of fumbling along because I don't have a beautiful um, way of articulating that, but I think it has something to do with beginner's mind, curiosity, inquiry, um, yeah, I mean, embracing I change. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I think you've buttoned it. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I, I think when you, you gave, you gave us a real sense there of if, if you're someone that thinks that everything changes all the time and everyone changes all the time, when the lights go on, or I suspect the sun comes up, or probably before the sun comes up in your case, Libby's, Libby's wondering, what will the day bring? What, you know, genuinely not, uh, I've got routine. And, and, and I don't think that's to do with your fortunate dwelling situation. I think there are people probably in very testing situations who are curious and people who are in very gracious situations who are very asleep. So I think it's more to do with who you are. And I, I, I massively respect it. I'm thinking by contrast, how I woke up this morning, which was a bit like, <laughs> I mean, I look forward to you today. I was thinking that's going to be fun. Um, and I think probably, I think probably I do what a lot of people do, which is you pepper your day with as many golden things as possible. I love that idea that there's this, it's almost the curiosity that wakes you up. And I think that makes absolute sense. You genuinely, the beginner's mind thinks it's a genuine thing. And it's, it, I guess it drives people around you nuts, but wow, what a great thing to have. Well, but I would also say, you know, David, I wake up just, you know, I wake up with the grumps too. Like what the heck, you know, like, and that's the curiosity resides in that too. What I am not, what I want to be really clear is I don't wake up every day with this kind of sunshiny um, curiosity is curiosity about all of it. The deep, dark depth, 
nice. right That's to the great. deep dark yeah, 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 yeah. parts so what is you know this? Just, yeah. yeah what is this so just quickly to tell you a story when you know people often ask what is the one of the most memorable walks and this is very intimate, very hard to talk about, but one, you know, one day at work a number of years ago, I got some information that was really challenging, really, really challenging personally, really like as hard as it gets to be perfectly honest, very right. um, life-changing, right. really deep down into my toes rattles. And if I choke up, excuse me, but it's still, still hard. <laughs> so I decided um, as I left the office that I could easily go home and crawl into bed and pour a bourbon. I don't drink bourbon, but but for the sake of the story, (laughs) (laughs) crawl into bed and pull my little covers up over my head, maybe even put on my headphones, listen to something that might be comforting, that might feel like, you know, somebody was holding my hand as something. And what I decided, I, I was deep enough into this practice to know that actually the thing I needed to do and wanted, not needed as in uh, needed, um, as nourishment, as healing, as um, uh, was to walk. And so I, I came home, it was probably six o'clock at night. I put on my shoes um, and I did my favorite loop, which is about five, six miles. And what I decided was after each mo- after each loop, I would stop in front of my house, be quiet and simply ask myself, how, how are you doing? Do you need a shower? Do you need a cup of tea? Do you need to call a friend? Do you need to cry? Do you need to go again? And to make a long story short, at every single time, I was like, I need to go again. And I would do another loop. And some loops I was literally stomping. And luckily, I was in a place where I was literally screaming out loud some loops I put in my headphones and I was listening to Beyonce's Lemonade, which will to that'll some will be that'll that'll do it. Um, and some I was just crying my eyes out. And the way I look back on it now was it was my walking practice was the best therapist and loving, loving friend I could have. I was able to express everything. I think it helped me navigate through, let's call it some of the stages of grief. And I walked until the morning, at which point at 7 a.m. I came in the house, I took a shower, I put on my clothes, and I went back to work. And I don't mean this to be heroic or that I recommend it for everybody. I'm simply sharing for for anybody who may be listening that, um, you know, not all walks are beautiful. Not all walks are easy. Not all walks feel good. Not all, there are plenty of days when it's super cold and I'm, excuse my language, fucking miserable, but there are, there are lessons, there are lessons in it. And, um, so that one walk for me is, um, in many ways, the epitome of what, um, caring fidelity looks like. It was the most loving thing I could do for myself at that moment. And um, again, forgive me if I choke up, but it, you know, I love my partnership with my wife. I love it. I I can't imagine my life without it. And um, so, you know, to, to your beautiful question earlier about navigation, you know, it is that curiosity. I was kind of curious 
um, in a really sad, heavy, heartbroken, <laughs> heartbroken way, yeah. what's, what was going to come up? That, and it all needed to come up, right? Like all of that, I needed to know yeah. what I felt. And if I crawled in yeah. bed, I would just be pushing it all away. Yeah. Proof maybe is the wrong word, but it's like in those moments, you find out what you do need. And it really strikes me how often grief and difficulty causes us to be immobile or encouraged to the people say sit down let's yes. sit down and talk about it and it's you're it's like no no, no. i'm going to move through this literally move through literally right amazing right. amazing right. and i you know grief and fear and sadness yeah. I, for me anyway um are emotions that are easy to kind of like tuck away like yeah. ooh, let's I, and I joke about pouring a glass of bourbon. I don't mean that alcohol is any solution at all, but it's sort of like, okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to put it away. I'm going to cover it up with a, you know, I don't know, a drink or a cup of yeah. tea or distraction, I'm, I'm yeah. distraction. And maybe these things are going to make me feel better. But again, for me at that moment, and what I've come to learn is the only way to be curious to understand is to be curious about what is happening in my heart and in my gut, which, you know takes work for me. I also want to say when you take your, um, I'll use your word, your misery, your discomfort yeah. for a walk today, imagine again, when we hold a baby child or somebody's hugging you and as you walk, it is that heart to heart. It is that primal rocking that I think is, um, oh, even as I say that I'm sitting in my seat rocking back and forth. I don't know. For me, um, I feel better held. Um, that connection to what I'm curious about, even when it's hard, um, yeah. I don't know, feels. So um, as you walk, I'm, I'm holding your hand as we yeah, go. As well, you listen, go. <laughs> and you did a beautiful thing just there, a you know, yet again. But, but we end this podcast uh, with um, suggesting people do like have an experience and you've just done it. So, mm -hmm. so we, let's do that, but not just you and I. Like, well, I'm definitely going to do it, but I'm going to invite the, yes. uh, I'm going to invite the, the the listeners to do it. Well, there's something about that tenderness of holding something that is yes. uh, fragile, or difficult young, or, you're fragile. Yeah. yeah, hold yeah. it. Don't try and medicate it. Don't try and leave it. Don't try to resolve it, but stay with it. Yeah. Um, and hold and, it. And, and yeah, hold it let's, tenderly. Let's, yeah. 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 And use the walking oh. as a tool to soften, to soften and be careful and gentle with it. Um, yeah, I agree. So friends, uh, as I said, let's take Libby's exercise and bless you, Libby, for coming up with an exercise. So brilliant. Let's, let's try it on. Let's, 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 She's holding our hand. She says, "Let's um, let's try it." And I think that I think the key points of it are um, to think of a problem, a disturbance, a, a, an area of concern, a worry, or something that's troubling you, and to hold it. I actually find it helpful to literally mime holding something, or or put your hand out as though you and as though you were carrying I don't know a pomegranate or something, a melon. It depends on the size of the problem, I suppose could be a fava bean I don't know but but there's something about your body agreeing that you're holding something that makes um, the, the, the makes the experience more real 
um, and take that feeling for a walk, not to solve it, not to resolve the problem, but to soften it, to allow it to be there, not fight it. You might well solve it. And I was struck by what Libby said about rocking. And I think just maybe be aware of the gentle rocking motion that we naturally create as we, as, as we walk, as we play with gravity. Remember, gravity is our first playmate. And we, let's play with gravity a little bit. Um, no idea what will happen here, but uh, I'm doing it, Andrew's doing it, why don't you do it, and pause the tape now, and uh, pause the, the podcast now, yeah, me showing my age, um, and speak to you again in about 10 minutes. So, I know the thing that's troubling me, it's a call I got late last night, yeah, and I'm just going to put it in my, I think, it, yeah, I'm going to put it in my hand. I'm feeling my feet and I'm rocking. Yeah, it's just it's got some weight to it. It's like a it's small but it's got some density. Um, I actually found that my walk was shorter than I expected because the problem or the heavy heavy feeling I was taking, the phenomenon was seemed like a, like I said, like a bowling ball, you know, like a 10-pin bowling ball. But I, in fact, I needed two hands to carry it in a weird way, uh, so I did. And um, I thought people might think I was odd, but then remember, whenever we think other people, of what other people are thinking, it's guesswork. It's usually us projecting something. So I just went and carried this invisible bowling ball with two hands. Very quickly, uh, what could I say? Um, it changed colour from black to silver. And the I'm not going to go into the detail of what the, the issue is because it's not really my issue. It's somebody I know and it's I'm connecting with their, their trauma. But um, I was thinking, how can I assist? And the message that came back very... Uh, clearly, not just uh, verbally, but in, in the feel of it, was light. Literally, the weight got lighter. It was more now like a silver, very thin, a silver orb which was empty and filled with light inside. And I thought, what does that mean? And I think people often say, um, well, actually, the person I was talking to uh, said that he laughed for the first time in a while, speaking. And I think that actually keeping things light might be something that would be super helpful for this individual. And maybe I can help with that. And then another voice came, uh, because there seems to be a time constraint. Have you noticed, and I'm talking to you, reader, but I'm also talking to a reader. Yes, reader of the sound waves. Oral reader, yes. Um, well, however you see yourselves, but dear listeners, uh, I don't know if you ever have noticed that if you're feeling bad, there's usually a time component. You're normally saying it has to be done by, or I haven't got enough time to, or I'm too old to, or too young to, or you know, it's by, you know, must deadlines and so on and so forth. And that melted as I was walking. There's a sense there's time. You've got a lifetime. I was thinking about this person. It's got a lifetime to do what he wants and needs to do. And maybe he could like 
ease into that rather than feel it's now, 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 now. Again, there's something about walking that seems to give us more perspective and the time perspective is a critical one. So if anyone out there is feeling less good than they would like to, examine the thoughts and the statements you're making to yourself and see if you can uncover the hidden T for time that's in the middle of the equation. Usually that's what's adding to the discomfort. So thank you, Libby. Thank you for the exercise. Thank you for your time. And thank you for your commitment to uh, you know, walking around the world and then some. Thank you for um, also taking part in the Worldwide Wonder 2022. And thank you in advance for walks that we'll be doing together, hopefully on the, what sounds like a beautiful place where she lives on the east coast of America. Wherever you are, we salute you. Wanderellas, Wanderfellas. Wander East is all. Uh, go out there, get lost, find interesting stuff. Dog just found me. What's his name? Her name? Blue. Blue. Hey, Blue. Bye, Blue. So, uh, Blue needs no instruction from us about wandering. There's a wander maestro. Um, and see you soon on the next uh, the next podcast. Till then, stay wonderful. If you enjoyed the podcast, I think you'll really like my book, Wonderful. It's all about how to activate your inner compass so you can find better ways to live, laugh, love, and other things beginning with L. You'll find your copy on Amazon. And if that all sounds a bit salesy, the truth is, all my proceeds go to my nonprofit Street Wisdom, which was set up to offer a fresh, new creative practice, free to people all over the world. And let's face it, the world could do with a bit more creativity, right? Check out streetwisdom.org and you'll find audio guides, news about where events are taking place, and other creative loveliness. If you're looking for your next step, it's a great place to start. So please like and subscribe to the podcast and have a wonderful day. Did you see what I did there, Andrew, when I said next steps? That means like both physical and metaphorical next steps. I guess what we call a play on words. Marketing gold, really.